Hour of Devastation is a fan-supported, listener-supported podcast, supported by people just like you. If you like what you hear and want to show your support, head over to patreon.com slash hour of devastation. A pledge to start from as little as one dollar. Thanks. Welcome to Hour of Devastation, a weekly Magic the Gathering podcast where we talk all things Magic the Gathering. I'm your host, Joe Loudon, and with me as always is Sam Neil. Hiya. How are you doing this week, Sam? I'm warm. Oof, yeah. <laughs> it's very warm. It's the uh, Sam Neil weather report has returned. Yeah, well, it's not snowing this time, but yeah, it's it's really warm out. I don't know if anyone else has noticed. I'm sweating, and that's uh, generally how I'm doing. Nice. It's surprisingly warm up here as well. Currently, seventeen degrees for the northeast. That's ridiculous. Yeah, Yeah, that must be nice. It's currently like twenty-three degrees here. It's 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 horrible. I hate the heat so much. Welcome to summer. Yeah, it's horrible, right? Yeah. yeah. It's a good job we can't go out and do anything. <laughs> and I have to stay in my incredibly well-insulated house. Oh, it's just <laughs> going to be one more thing to drive all the normies wild, isn't it? Don't say the word normies on this podcast, Joe. Come <laughs> on. We're a well, well-respected, professional Magic the Gathering podcast. Sure, sure. Mask on. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Are you just intent just to ruin this podcast as it goes along? <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Because I have been for the last two years. <laughs> it's time I finally, I finally cracked. Yeah. Well, so, how has your your weekend magic been? Um, have you managed to interact with it much at all? I've uh, picked up a lot of cards. Sweet. Yeah, I opened two Japanese boxes of Corey Lower Behemoths. Oh, nice. Got some pretty reasonable pulls. Um, picked up a lot of other cards and some commander decks because uh, I have no respect for my own money. To cool. be honest, that's what were your your mind. best pulls from your from your Corey boxes? Got a foil luxury. <laughs> uh, I got foil Zerda. I got a Kinnan. Got a Lurus. Nice. We'll come to, we'll come to him. Yeah. Um, I got three Alt Frame Trios. Oh, nice! They're really nice. Like yeah. I think the like the comic book style art on like all of the cards are amazing. But I think the Triomes are, are fantastic. I think they're going to be a nice long term hold. Those are also the things I've picked up as singles. Yeah, <laughs> I've just been trying to trying to stack them up for the most reasonable price I can because they're so nice. I want to own as many as possible. Um, yeah, open some other triangles. Uh, I mean, quite some cool old frame cards. I opened a foil Gigan. Nice Garuda, right? The Garuda, yeah, yeah. Gigan. Foil Japanese Gigan's pretty nice. Nice. Honestly. Um, yeah, it was, it was pretty, some pretty decent boxes. Um, those the cards I opened. I've now gone into Commander decks and my Pioneer deck, and then I won't touch those decks for God knows how long. So. Yeah, I think that's the thing that's really getting to me at the moment. It's just like, yeah, sure, I can play other formats on, on Magic Online, but I've, I've got like you know, a Legacy deck and a Modern deck and a Pioneer, well, multiple Pioneer decks just sat here on my desk. Just, just can't do anything with them. Like, I can play some Magic over Skype or, or Zoom or whatever if I really wanted to, but it's it's just not the same. And, I think I'm, I'm really starting to miss this uh, in-person magic playing, I think. Yeah, it turns out, like, 95% of the reason I enjoy playing Magic the Gathering was interacting with other humans. Yeah. <laughs> and now that I can't do that, any other version of magic is just not the same. And it kind of sucks. But uh, at least I own magic cards I can't use. Right? Yeah. It's <laughs> a good use of my money. I, it, it's strange, because, like, I... I would really like to just crack a box of Ikoria. I think it would be really cool. I haven't opened a pack for uh, months now. Um, yeah, it would be really cool just to get a box of the new set and crack it and have some fun. 
but there's just there's no reason to there's no reason to at all like you can't really play in paper tournaments and like it, it, even then like how long is it going to be like is it, like are we even going to be able to play with like a bunch of these cards like before they get banned like we've already seen several bands which we'll talk about in a bit like if i'd bought some of those cards last week i would now just be sad that i'm just never going to get to play with them i mean we're not going to be able to play with these cards before the next course that comes out yep. possibly not until zendikar rising comes out <laughs> um, here's a here's a quick one uh course at 2021 is out on arena in seven weeks time jesus christ it's quick isn't it yeah and you forget when you're not distracted by doing things with your life. Yeah. <laughs> and you're just sitting and just absorbed by Twitter all day. <laughs> Those things really hit home. Yeah, it's, it's a shame we can't actually go out and play with stuff. Um, but I mean, I, I put strain on my pack opening fingers, I'll tell you that. Yeah. My my left index finger after opening two boxes was hurt in the next day. Oh. And the, the Japanese packs are different. And I had trouble opening them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> They've got like the long, the top is really long, so they can go on like a hook. Yeah, like they all have to shop, be that yeah. way. Yeah, do they, have, um, do they have the the pull tab? Like I know quite a few of the Japanese packs I've opened in the past have got like a pull tab down the side of the card pack. If if they did, I didn't find it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, maybe there was, and I've just sat there opening seventy two packs like an absolute idiot and straining my finger. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that was some fun. I enjoyed doing that. Um, slowly getting dribs drabs of, of, of cards in from from trades and, and purchases and stuff. So that's nice. I still get to cool. hold magic cards and touch them. Um, yeah, I tried out Spell Table briefly. Okay, and with, what's that? With a friend. It's it's like Zoom, but for magic. So it was called Virtually the H, which is, so it's like four screens. It's, it's like Zoom or like Skype or any of those. It's like a website. And it, uh, you put your camera on there and you can play a game. And then it has a function where if you click on the card, it brings up the gatherer image. Yeah. So if you can't quite see it over like a grainy webcam or something, or like, you know, it's too far away for you to actually see what it does, you can click on it and it gives you the uh, the actual image of the card, which is really nice. And it also has live totals. Cool. So it's just a, like a, a webcam interface. Just a nice skin over it. Yeah, that's yeah, really it's, cool. It's, it's really cool. It's really useful. So I played, played a couple of games with a friend over that. Um, hoping to do that again at some point, because it's just Skype or whatever, just they're not quite the same. Yeah, but like at least with that, at least there's like functionality that's actually for magic, and you don't have to you don't have to like have dice on the table that no one can read. You can keep track of that. It's right on the screen there for you, and you can look at cards without having to ask every ten seconds what the hell that card does. Yeah, that's really cool. I might yeah. have a look into that. Sweet, I think I think that's the best possible way going forward. Assuming you, you can play other formats on there, not just uh, EDH. Well, you can play with whatever cards you own, Joe. Yeah. <laughs> 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 you can play what I mean. You could do whatever you want. You could you could do anything. It's just a webcam functionality really yeah it's just a skype call but, but it has live filters next to it, so you can do whatever you want whatever you would do on a webcam joe is is down to you sure feel free <laughs> down to me and the nsa sure <laughs> yeah, yeah so please don't do anything too bad uh yeah i think that's pretty much oh i, I did a few drafts actually in arena i finally cracked um i'm bad at this format uh oh boy yeah yeah it's oh, wild suck. isn't it because i was i was really getting the hang of theros yeah. It's really getting the hang of it. I was really enjoying it, like finding, you know, I know it's still bot draft, but I was like, you know, building good decks with it, and I, I sort of knew all the combat tricks and stuff and stuff that was going to blow me out, and understood what what my opponents were likely to have, and and what you know the good cards on my certain deck were, whether I should be playing more cards than a forty card deck, or I should be playing, you know, how many sentinels I was to take and stuff like that. Yeah. And I fired up a couple of Akari drafts, and Jesus Christ, <laughs> I have no idea what I'm doing. I know the cycling cards are good. Yeah, definitely. So there, there seems to be 
two strategies really I've found. Um, one is to pick a shard and run with it, like let's see see what you open pack one. Um, and if it's you know if it's a reasonable bomb, then yeah, stick with that. Just just pick any of the five shards and take the good cards in those colours. Run with that, and you'll probably be fine. And then the uh, the other the other way I've seen is just take cycling cards. If you can pick up a fox, then fantastic. You pick a fox over most things. Uh, you take Zenith Flare over absolutely anything, and then you just take any card that says Cycling One and most cards that say Cycling Two. Yeah, I did. I did that, and it didn't go well. I just like took Cycling cards. I was like, well, this seems good, and these one one mana Cycling cards are being passed to me quite quite frequently. Yeah. So I'll do that, and then I ended up my win condition was Cycle Titanic Titanothrex reanimated with back for more that was my entire deck <laughs> and when it went off jesus christ it went off yeah uh and i did another draft where i pack one pick one durian cool so i was like oh we're gonna get there uh, my win conditions in my five color deck were casting the teamer and sultai ultimatums Ooh, nice yeah but that was not a good deck uh, <laughs> and then to try and grind for, to get some get some enough um gold to do another person draft i did a quick like a bot draft yeah and force the red white second deck. It's that's easier to do in bar draft, and it yeah. was absolute nonsense. Like three dragon stingers, two zenith flares, Ooh, like nice. tw- twelve one mana cyclists. <laughs> yeah, it's like that I've, was a lot I, fun. I've had the a red white and Jeskai cyclone deck without like zenith flare, and it still just got there. Like I, I find like pack one pick one flourishing fox is just perfectly fine if if that's something that you find yourself doing. Um, just any point you can pick up a flourishing fox and you have a, a non-zero amount of cycling cards just just do it if you can play a turn one flourishing fox and you've got cyclers uh, chances are you're just going to win that game yeah definitely they're, they're actually good but I, I haven't gelled with this format and considering I'm not going to be able to play it in paper ever probably yeah um, I don't really see much point in putting a lot of time into it because I'm not going to grinding the ladder or anything there's no yeah. there's no gain from it so I, I'm probably going to leave it at that it, it I enjoyed took, when I had the nut deck. It took me a little while to sort of get it. I still feel like I don't quite understand it fully, but I've I've definitely definitely had some successful drafts. Like I've done like a couple of seven twos. Uh, and I think it's very much just like it, it just like mutate just plays like nothing that we're really used to as far as like limited mechanics go. Um, so it's quite interesting. Like you have so many more choices to make, and whether to hold on to things and mutate them, or whether to cast them. And I think it feels more like a like a mid range combat trick, the format, than any other draft format has done for a while. And I think I enjoy it. I think I've definitely been enjoying it. But it, it felt like a complete paradigm shift to what Theros was really. Um, so it took me a little getting used to. But I think I'm having a lot of fun with it when I have been drafting it. Yeah, yeah, I can I can see why people do enjoy it. I've watched a couple of friends stream their drafts as well, and it's it's been fun to watch. But yeah, it's just not. Uh, I don't get it immediately, yeah. and when I find a limited format like that, I'm. I, I don't feel compelled to continue with it a lot of the time. Yeah, totally. And there's there's no stakes in actually trying to get good to get good at this format, so I'm kind of laying it down for now. Yeah, totally understandable. Sweet. Okay, so how was your week? My week was fine. Um, non magic stuff. Aside, like it's just it's just Groundhog Day. We've established this now. It's Groundhog Day. Every day's the same, even when it's not. Um, but yeah, as far as magic goes, I've played a surprising amount of magic at the weekend. Yeah. Um, so did it go well? Um, 
yes and no. So this weekend it was both the the Red Bull Untapped um, qualifier, international qualifier, uh, and then also it was the the Coliseum Cup Gladius, which is the the final tournament that we have of my uh, of my local arena league, which was really fun. Um, it was fantastic. So I played a lot of Magic across the, the Saturday and Sunday there definitely. The I'll start with the Red Bull event. It was it was really fun. It felt really refreshing to play in this event. Um, it felt like a GP, which which was really strange. I feel like I haven't played I haven't played in a GP for ages now. But it really it felt like the closest that they're going to be able to to come to replicating a GP main event. Um, I mean, the whole thing really, like, I, I slept in, I had about three hours sleep the night before, almost missed registering my deck, like, you know, <laughs> definitely had those, those real uh, early morning GP feels. Yeah, the true the true GP experience. Did you make your bathroom truly disgusting to really, when you had to take pee breaks, like, to make it a real, you know, engaging experience for, for the GP? Ah, uh, not quite. Maybe that's why I didn't do so well. Just piss all over the seat, all over yeah. the seat and then spill a can of monster. <laughs> uh, and then throw away all your toilet paper and you'll have a perfect GP experience yeah, maybe maybe that's where I went wrong I'll try that next time but the, uh, the event was fantastic, I thought it was great uh, so it was run on Arena and it used the MTG Melee uh, client to, to run the tournament to host the tournament uh, which was, was really good uh, it wasn't without its pitches because it was a 2600 player event um, running on a client it was the second, I think uh, I think it was was either Paolo or, or Martin Duser posted that it was like the second largest Magic tournament of all time. Um, so like obviously there were going to be issues with the with the client and the website when the, you had so many players all trying to have a look at parents and register results and you know, hit and refresh on browsers when we were explicitly told not to. So there were there were definitely some timing issues, but I think it was fine. I think there were I saw a lot of people complaining, but. I don't know. It so you're didn't feel like one of the it, problems for a Magic tournament was Magic players not listening to advice. Yeah, Magic players not listening to advice and that causing events to overrun. Which man, that know, never like, happens in real life. Yeah, I was just reading complaints and was just kind of like, if, if these people never played in a GP before. Probably not. Yeah. So if we're to go by what we assume the uh, demographic of arena is, then probably not. It was by no means a, a perfect tournament but I had a lot of fun playing it and I'm really glad I, I did it was completely free to enter which was cool um, so it was a it was a really brutal prize structure as well so the only the only places that got prizes were, were top 8 of the whole event uh, which wasn't great so if you came like 8th you got like $250 I think it was which is pretty horrendous for like it would have been two full days of magic at that point Nice. Okay. <laughs> uh, but yeah, if you, you had to go, uh, so I think it was six one one or better to make day two. Hey, did you get that? I did not at all. No, no. <laughs> I, uh, I went. Uh, I went one three and, and drop. Um, it was yeah. It like I said, it was a, it was a really fun event. So I played a a Bant Yorian deck that's a bit spicy because it's playing Wilderness Reclamation. Okay. Um, it's a lot of fun. I've been having some decent success with it on the arena ladder, uh, and I feel like I can play it fairly well. So it's like, yeah, it's a deck that I feel like I kind of know inside out, um, and it's it's been very good against the Luca Fires deck for me. So I thought, well, people are going to show up playing that, so I'll play this. 
Uh, round one, I got paid against um, Christian Hauck from the MPL. Excellent. Good. Yeah, that was uh, it. Was a, a very very swift two nil loss that was there. That's uh, I don't want to you know crap on your magic abilities, but that's unsurprising. Yeah, I uh, completely unsurprising for me as well. So he was on the uh, the Boros Cyclone deck. It seems it's probably like if you're not playing Jeskai Luca, like play um, the Boros Cyclone deck because it, it's it's the deck that can go under that deck and under a lot of the other control decks in the format so I think it's just a great deck and was probably a good choice that weekend um, yeah it just, just ran completely under me uh, I was not prepared for that deck at all uh, I was only playing two Narsets in my main board uh, should have been playing four but I just I wasn't ex- expecting to run into as much cycling as there was Bummer. yeah so I lost that one uh, then round two I played against uh, Jessica Looker and I beat it 2 0 quite easy. Um, it's yeah, it's a matchup that I've, I feel like I've played a lot and know inside out, and yeah, just got there. It was good. Uh, round three, I played against somebody else who uh, who was playing the cycling deck, and yeah, they thrashed me again. Uh, it, so it was it was uh, one two this time, uh, but yeah, just just having the two narsets as opposed to having the four really just let me down unfortunately. And if I was running it back, I'd definitely run it back with four narset. Yeah, just pump money into the game, dude. Yeah. <laughs> That's how you win, right? Hey, Narset's only an uncommon, so I have no excuse. I've got four Narsets. How do you... Why would you... Oh, you just chose Narsets. I was going to say, how do you not yeah. have four Narsets? Yeah, yeah, I just... Yeah, the the version of the deck I was playing... Uh, so I was playing a main board... Um, I was playing a single main board Agent of Treachery and a single main board uh, Knight of Autumn as well, rather than playing the full four Narset. Okay, sure. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah. Uh, and then the final round I played was against uh, Jessica Luca, and then they just just demolished me completely. They just they had like the ridiculously good, uh, good opening hands the first the first two games, and that was that. It was yeah, just just gone, just gone, done out of the tournament. At this point, I, it taken like close to six hours to play four rounds, so I, I was pretty Jeez, tired. Yeah, I was pretty tired at that point too. Um, Say some of the downtime in between rounds was a bit, a bit painful at times, but like totally understandable. Like given it was the second largest magic event of all time, the first time they had so many people using this this website and client, and yeah, you say magic players not necessarily following the instructions we were given. So I can I can totally look past it, but I am very glad that I played in it, uh, and I'll definitely be playing in as many of the of them as I can. It was really fun, especially if they if they continue to be free events like that as well. I think it was just a great experience and would, would definitely recommend it. Sweet, okay. I look forward to never signing up for one and never playing one. Oh. But thanks for your, <laughs> thanks for your endorsement. <laughs> uh, and then, yeah, next up, the Sunday, I played uh, in the, the Coliseum Cup Gladius, which is the, the final tournament of my local Magic Arena League. It was just so much fun again. So it was kind of like... It was, yeah, very much still a Magic tournament, but felt like the complete opposite of this, this Red Bull thing. So we used... Um, Battlefy as the the client and we did a draft on there as well so it was a split format of uh, three rounds of draft and then three rounds of standard uh, and yeah there was ten of us I think in total in the tournament um, all jumped onto a discord all talking to each other and just having a load of fun it was really good it felt like the closest thing to to an FNM or like a I don't know like a like a GPT I guess it felt like a GPT 
like Sweet, not like okay. not serious enough to be like PvTQ levels of, of competitive play, but like the stakes were non-zero, but we were all there to have a laugh. It was it was really fun, really good. Uh, I ended up going three three in that, which I was fine with. Um, there were three of us who were trying to force the cyclone deck in, in draft, and none of us got Xenoflares. So <laughs> wonderful, wonderful. Yeah, I think I, I probably had the worst version of the deck, or I guess the most the most all-in cycling version of the deck with the, the least payoffs. Uh, but yeah, it was great fun nonetheless, and yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Sweet. Yeah, I mean, like, that's been, I think, the one saving grace of, of lockdown is the existence of Discord. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so you can just jump on the next chat to people and, and not go completely mad by yourself. Yeah. Yeah, and that's the, I think that's the reason it's taken us so long to actually get to recording these episodes. Because <laughs> we, we log on at half seven and don't actually hit record until half eight because you just you just trying to talk to someone. Yeah, it's it's good to have a chat, definitely. And yeah, I I, I really enjoyed it. So that yeah, two what felt like two very different tournaments, but both fantastic experiences. And yeah, I think you know tournament structure and issues aside, the Red Bull event was fantastic and would happily run that back any day. Sweet, good. Well, it sounds like you've had a, a, f- a fun week of magic. It's been great. Which is hard yeah, to do at this time. Definitely. Um, yeah, I guess, should we should move on to what I think is going to be our main topic this week? Yeah, I mean, that's the longest intro I think we've ever done. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, should we move on to talk about how smart we are? Yeah, I like that. Cool, let's talk about the ban list. Yeah, so we had the banned and banned and restricted announcement on on Monday, uh, which obviously we, we spent last week talking about what our predictions would be and what, what we thought they should and could ban in the the three formats that they said they were going to change. So I guess we just run it from the top. We start with brawl. Uh, we did last week, so yeah, let's do it. Yeah. So in brawl, Draneth Magistrate is banned. Ding, Simple. Ding, ding. We called that one. Mm-hmm. But then also, we're not a joiner of forces as banned. Yeah, I imagine if either of us cared about Brawl, we'd have known that. It seems like most people commenting on it have, who, who I imagine are more engaged with Brawl as a format than we are, knew that yeah. I'm quite happy that it got banned. Yeah, definitely. I think it Brawl is is quite interesting in that it, it doesn't seem to be managed like the other formats. The emphasis is, is fully on fun and playability, as opposed to like... Like powerful or consistent strategies. So obviously, Dronoth Magistrate was was banned because it stops you from casting your commander, and Brawl is meant to be about casting your commander and doing fun things of it. So it makes sense for them to ban that. Uh, and then we're not a joiner of forces was banned. I would assume because because of its interactions, like it, it hasn't standard, right? It can just cheat out an agent of treachery on turn four. I feel like that's probably a very similar thing it was doing in Brawl, uh, rather than ban Agent of Treachery, which is your, you know, your big seven mana spell, like difficult to get to, um, you know, fun casual card. Uh, it, it's just easier to ban a, a commander that can just just abuse that interaction. Well, you can't play Agent of Treachery in a deck. Agent of Treachery is a blue card. That is true, yeah. I forget that Brawl has restrictions that Commander does. Yeah, it's cool. I'll leave that all in so people can listen to how silly you sound. Cool. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, it, just, yeah. it just seems like everyone was playing Winota. It just seemed like the go-to deck because it was very, very powerful. And uh, we've, we, you know, we've seen them ban things in other formats because things are seeing too much play for competitive reasons and diversity reasons split when it's banned in modern. But yeah. we, like, it, it just seems like, you know, Brawl's meant to be you play whatever you want, you can play your, your bad cards, you can play your good cards, but it's meant to be about having fun and it just seems like everyone was playing Winota, so that leads to lack of diversity in what is meant to be a fun format. So, yeah. 
looking at it for longer than 10 seconds which you know is the longest I've ever looked at Brawl uh, <laughs> um, it, it seems like a perfectly reasonable ban and it seems like people are happy with it so I'm cool with that one I'm cool with getting yeah. that one wrong who'd, who'd have thought yeah definitely all fine by me uh, next up I think we should just take Vintage next yeah the order we did it last week yeah so in Vintage Lurus of the Dream Den is banned it's fully fully properly banned not restricted yeah, this is this is a big one again. Like we discussed it last week, um, and they pretty much said what 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 we thought. Like you know, you can't like restricting it doesn't do anything because the decks are playing one copy of it anyway. Uh, and yeah, it, it's 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 just banned. Like they they absolutely do have and have had the power to ban cards outright in vintage. Uh, just this is, this is the first time for a long time. So the the last time a card was banned properly like this in Vintage was 2007, that was uh, Shahrazad, was banned a whole 13 years ago. Uh, obviously since then we've had things like Conspiracies have been banned because um, they're banned in Constructed Play. Uh, but yeah, the last proper proper ban was 2007 and then before that the last ban for power level was in 1996 and that was Mind Twist. Yeah, the first card that's too powerful for Vintage in 24 years. Yeah. <laughs> like, when you think about it in those terms it's so stupid. Oh yeah, definitely. That I think well, Lurus was certainly a mistake, yep. uh, at least for these formats. Probably for every format, and Companion was probably a mistake as well. But we will get to that later. <laughs> um, but yeah, we were really smart. We called the the vintage Lurus ban because everyone knew that was going to happen. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I'm, I'm glad to just pull the trigger on it and like actually explain it as well. Um, and yeah, the, like you said, like them not be afraid to just pull the trigger on a ban if. Uh, if it needs to happen, even if it is vintage, where things haven't been banned for power level reasons in 24 years. Oh, yes, yeah. Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mind twist, which has since been unbanned in vintage. Yeah, exactly. Like, this is the... Uh, can we, we therefore... You can't say it in a, in a vacuum, but is Lurus just, like, one of the most powerful logic cards ever printed? Because in a vacuum it's Yeah, not, I mean, right? yeah, like in a vacuum it's not... It's in, like, like everything, like, context is key, but... You know, when it's a card that makes Black Lotus better, then yeah, I'd say it's it's one of the most powerful cards ever printed. I know this isn't technically fair because it's been released online for like five weeks, right, Ikoria? Yeah. But to see a card three days after it's been released in paper be banned in vintage, yeah, it's just I mean, we thought twenty nineteen was wild for Magic cards, but this is a. Uh, a hell of a start for 2020. Yeah, definitely. It's so definitely. Just, uh, yeah, I mean, it's a good band. Everyone seems happy about it. You seem happy about it. Yeah, it it's just cool. like if you compare it, compare it to like the last, the last couple of cards that were actually banned in vintage, way, 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 you know, at least 24 years ago. You got like the last three cards. I think it is to be banned are Mind Twist, Channel, and Time Vault, and Jesus then Lurus. Obviously, uh, you know. Most of them have been unbanned and have been restricted since, but uh, yeah, Lurus on the same level as those. Twenty-four years later. Yeah, I mean, I'm certainly more scared of Lurus than I am of Mind Twist. Oh yeah, definitely. I'm I'm fully on like let's unbanned Mind Twist in Legacy world. That's why that's the world I live in. Of course it is. <laughs> of course it is because it's a black card you can cheat out with Dark Ritual. Yeah. Of course that, <laughs> that card unbanned. <laughs> Sure, yeah. I mean, yeah, and they haven't done anything else to vintage. Um, yeah, yeah, no other changes to vintage at all. Um, it's, it's, yeah, probably fine. Um, 
seen people talking about Yorian and, and Luttry, and you know, we'll see how things shape up over the next couple of weeks. But yeah, I, I think this was just absolutely the correct call to make for the format currently. And yeah, I for one, I'm really looking forward to playing Vintage again. Sick. Now, on the flip side, I'm looking forward to never playing Legacy again. <laughs> so, Should we get to Legacy then? Let's talk about that format. First up, Loris of the Dream Den is banned in Legacy. Yeah, um, again, to no one's surprise. But we got yep. it right, so big brain. <laughs> uh, next up, Zerda the Dawn Waker is banned in Legacy. Yeah, uh, small brain. I um, yeah. I mean, we mentioned Zerda last week. Yeah, we did. We talked about Zerda, and I, I think we, we settled on like it should probably just be banned at some point. But we'd rather just let the format evolve and just see if the meta can cope with with Zerda being a, a powerful deck than just ban it straight away. But uh, Wizards of the Coast, I assume, just have have all of the data and they can see that. Yeah, if if we get rid of Loris, then Zerda's going to be the best deck by a country mile. So let's just ban Zerda too. Give it that preemptive Cataxian Pro ban. Yeah, I think I think the thing with that one is was a, what I wasn't quite considering is the fact that Zerda. It, it's basically like if you're playing Splinter Twin, and yep. Receiver Exarch was in your command zone. Yeah. But also, Splinter Twin was just a card that was good for your deck anyway. Because, <laughs> like, you know, the, the problem is you, you have Grimmongers in your deck, which you can kind of just uh, be okay with playing anyway. Yeah. In, in the kind of decks that want to play it. And then just have your combo piece in the, in, in the command zone, right? You always have access to your one combo piece. So I can yep. understand that. That Obviously, you have to find a, a third like outlet for your mana in terms of Walker Ballista. But those those kind of decks don't have a hard time finding that those things. No. So, yeah, I understand the Zerda ban. Um, I would have maybe liked to see. Loris go and see how Zerda fared, but it's probably like you know they like to make these preemptive bans where they think that oh, rampaging for us are done. Um, when yeah, they think yeah. that, well, <laughs> something's going to become a problem, but yeah, I don't think this Zerda ban is on the level of the the Frosadon ban. I think oh, it's no, no. reasonable. Yeah, I yeah I fully agree as well. I, I think you know we don't have the data that they do as far as like legacy leagues go and like legacy challenges and. I would assume that it's at the it's at the point where it's it, that strategy or that deck was was just looking like it was going to be too problematic, so they, they pulled the trigger. Um, yeah, yeah. Goodbye and good riddance, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. So let's let's talk about Luris for a bit. Yep. And then we'll talk about the emissions from this ban list. Sure. That we potentially called for. Uh, oh, I got. Is there anything more we can say about Luris? Really? Is it this? This card is really good. It yeah, was putting up all the results we said it was last week. Yeah, they, they said that. Obviously, it was it was several different different decks, uh, several archetypes that were already strong. Delver variants, uh, and that yeah, Loris decks were representing an increasingly large portion of the meta game. So it wasn't just like, oh, here's a new toy, everybody's playing it. Oh, and now a little bit of time's gone on, and the meta's shifting to adapt to that, or people are playing it less because it's not correct or whatever. No, it was just. Oh, it's just correct to play this, uh, and it's just getting worse and worse and worse. Uh, yeah, you had several decks that were saying, well, maintaining win rates of above fifty-five percent and Magic Online League play. Um, yeah, they're saying that Magic game forces alone just weren't su- sufficient enough to keep the the lowest decks in check at all. So, just ban it, get it gone. I think it's one hundred percent correct and and the right thing to do. Yeah, it says that apparently the. Uh Maintaining win rates above fifty-five percent in Magic Online League play, which is not yeah. not something you want a card to be doing, I guess. 
Especially no, absolutely when, not. Especially when it's also just really powerful, because obviously there were, you know, a lot of memes being shared by certain magic personalities about comparing Lurus seeing, you know, being, being just like the cards playing the format, right? Just being ubiquitous yeah. in the format. And talking about Force of a Brainstorm, also being ubiquitous in the format. But those cards aren't inherently powerful. Those cards don't win you the yeah. game. Those cards yeah. are, like, those cards are bad. <laughs> they are good in the way that, like, in the context of a legacy or a vintage meta, right? They're not actually yeah, yeah. powerful cards. They, they, I mean, if you like to two for one yourself, yeah, they're great. Like, go ahead. Exactly. Like, the, the amount of times that I've cast a Force of one just felt horrible about it. <laughs> but it's the correct thing to do, and you just have yeah. to have that, that safety valve, right? Yeah. And Brainstorm interacts with fetch lands makes it good. But they don't yeah. win you the game. They don't do anything. The amount of times that Brainstorm just doesn't do anything. You just look at yeah. three, three lands and then put two lands back and then break a fetch land and then look at another land. Like it's not. I do see a lot of discussion about the you know the the pillars of, of the format and people saying that oh they should ban Brainstorm and they should ban Wasteland and stuff and I I just completely disagree with it. I think those cards are fine, absolutely fine, and yeah, like Lurus caused so many problems those cards don't cause problems those cards solve problems yeah absolutely in, in a way that you just I guess outside of the Bomberman deck that we're seeing um, a resurgence with Zerda you, you don't see non-blue decks really Yeah. <laughs> because Brainstorm is just, is just that, necess- ne- that necessary of an effect to have in your deck along with Fetchlands so um, but yeah Lurus is just an incredibly powerful card and I'm glad to see it go in this format now here we go. <laughs> yeah. I did say last week that if they didn't at least mention Arkham's Astrolabe in the banner restricted announcement, that I wouldn't be interested in Legacy anymore. Yeah. So this is me sticking to that line. I don't care about Legacy. Oh yeah, they uh, they did not mention Arkham's Astrolabe at all in the uh, banner restricted announcement. They did not. No, I, I, I think so. I I think my opinion on, on Astrolabe has has fluctuated a lot over time, and like although. Like personally, I really like the card. I think I am very much just at the point now where, like, yeah, it should be gone. It causes it causes just far too many problems for the format. Like I just spoke about the pillars of the format, like Force of Will, Brainstorm, Wasteland. Like they're not the the pillars of the format are Force of Will and Brainstorm because Wasteland is unplayable, and mostly that is just due to Astrolabe. And I I think Legacy is at its best when those three cards are the fun police, and when only two of the three fun police are on duty, then it's not a fun format. Yes. Yeah, I, I I agree. And this is the thing you can, like I just said about people comparing Lurus to Brainstorm with ubiquity in the format. I guess you can say the same about Arkham's Astrolabe, right? Because yeah. Arkham's Astrolabe is showing up pretty much as frequently as Brainstorm is. Um, and it's become, like you said, a, a pillar of the format. But that's not. I, I, I'm not as okay as I am. I'm not as okay with that as I am with Brainstorm. Yeah, because, oh, I agree. Because Brainstorm is. Often quite bad. The Force of Will is often quite bad. Arkham yeah. Astrolabe is never bad. It, there are there are basically no cases where that card fails to perform, yeah, and, and fails to create the legacy meta game that you see and like the board states that you see. Where you say like you know something like Wasteland, which is meant to be one of the pillars of the format, is just unusable, and you you can't get the advantage you used to have because the thing with Brainstorm is you can look at three cards and they're all bad. And you have to put two back, and if you don't have a fetch line, you're stuck with it, and you brainstorm box yourself. In which case, brainstorm is a horrible card for you, or you can fetch and you just get a random draw. Yeah. Whereas Arkham's Astrolabe, you always get a random draw, and even if that card's bad, you can still fix all your colours of mana. 
it just it turns off like so many just you know, silver bullet sideboard effects like you're, you're no longer like wasteland is no longer a playable card essentially uh, and then you know you can no longer play cards like blood moon or back to basics because there's just there's just no no effect from them like you can just activate astrolabe through a blood moon uh, and back to basics doesn't do anything because everyone's just running basics now yeah, these cards don't do anything. These cards that were meant to, like you were saying before about Wasteland, like police this format. Yeah. And, and police the nonsense so that you can't just do this these stupid things that, you know, like building a three colour, four colour deck is a cost because you have to deal with Blood Moon and Back to Basics and Wasteland. You don't have to anymore. You, you can you can build your four colour piles and just play with impunity and lose only to Force of Will. Yeah. And even then, you, you have access to your Pyroblast and your Venison, right? Yeah. So it's it's actually not that much of a problem, and the fact that they're not, it, it, I I don't understand. Like, I don't know whether I'm wrong in thinking that it's just it's it is comparable to Brainstorm, and just like this is how the the, the format looks now. It's uh, no, I I think it's I think it's different. It's like I think that's kind of like your your level one take is to say, oh, it's it is comparable to Brainstorm because it's ubiquitous. It does you know, all the things that we've just said, but I think because because it warps the format so much to the point where the the answers and you know the the silver bullet sideboard cards that you used to play just don't have an have an effect anymore i think that's that's case enough to say like no this isn't like brainstorm this isn't like force of will this isn't like wasteland this is this is just having just too damaging an effect on the format and i think this i think this more than brainstorm and force of will Secures legacy as a blue format. You yeah. had you had outliers before. You have your mavericks and your death and taxes, and you know your, your red stumpies and, and your, your bomber man. But it, it, the way that you beat those four color piles is is an aggro deck, yeah. right? You, you you get in before they have a chance to assemble their their locks essentially, right? Or or they they have the ability to take over in the game, and you can do that when you're able to wasteland and then Thalia actually has a reasonable effect or you can just beat them down with an aggressive deck but the aggressive yeah. decks in the format are Delver decks yeah. which are playing Astrolabe some of the time but they're certainly playing Brainstorm or Forcible yeah. the way that you beat the decks that try to piss about with Astrolabe and eventually assemble some semblance of a controlling board state is you attack them with Delver Seekers while having a Forcible yeah. Right. You, you you get in for three in the air every turn, and then you you're able to stop their big game breaking plays like Eurocos and Neutrino Nemesis or or what have you with a force will. And non blue decks obviously don't have access to that. They have, they have access to to wasteland. <laughs> it's honestly what they have access to because you, you, your mono red stumpies are playing wastelands. Your decks like goblins yeah, and stuff like that are playing wasteland, wastelands and blood moons, which no longer do any of them. Yeah, they do. They do effectively zero. Yeah. Uh, and sure, like you know, these ones get you know the, these these decks get through and like put up some five zero results or do well in 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 the events and stuff on Magic Online, but not in the same way they were before. It, yeah. it felt like there was a time where Death and Taxes was the best deck in the format because they they had the ability to just kill off a Deathrite Shaman and then deal with the rest of the stuff because the Deathrite Shaman decks had to play loads and loads of draw lands. Yeah. So you're you're, you're you know you're, you're Shaman ports and your, your wastelands had a lot of effect there, uh, and now they don't. 
they, 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 they just do flat. Well, you, I suppose your ports still do stuff, but they just basically do flat nothing. Yeah, um, definitely. And it's like even like even if you look at like stuff like like Mono Red Prison has has put up a couple of five nil results recently, and uh, in that deck, it's that deck's playing four Blood Moon main board, but the card that does all of the work in this metagame currently, it's it's Khan the Great Creator. It turns off the Astrolabes. Yeah, exactly. Which which is fine, I guess. Yeah. But this thing we, we we did an episode not too long ago talk about how great Legacy is because you can pick up a deck and it's probably going to be at least tier two, and yeah. even two tier two decks can get there if you if you know them well enough and you can play whatever strategy you want. And now you're just compelled to play Astrolabe, and if not, definitely play Brainstorm and Force of Will. And that that isn't a diverse metagame at this point. Yeah, it's, agreed. You you can't just turn up with your with your Goblins deck or or anything like that. And, and you know, I, I guess you can you can make the point that I'm just complaining the fact that my beloved deck that I've played for years is no longer playable, which is part of the problem, honestly. But the fact that I can't sleep at my my cards that I've enjoyed playing for years and actually perform well, yeah, just through format knowledge alone, because you know, Maverick's never been a good, you know, Maverick's never been a great deck. It's always been kind of medium, and if you know what you're doing, you're going to win some games. Yeah. I probably did quite well, and when I went to GPs, what Magic Fest and did side events, I cleaned up very well because I know that I can side out. I'm not very good at Magic, but I'm very good at Maverick, right? <laughs> um, and I just don't—I don't feel like I can do that anymore because I play—I've played against Archetypes Live decks so often, and just the tools that I have just aren't good enough anymore. Yeah. Especially when I can play a Knight the Relic Range gets turned into a three-three elk, because my out against like Ugrixis piles and stuff like that is to make a ten-ten. They literally can't deal with it, or they have a hard time dealing with it, and especially the second, and 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 now they just turn into a three-three elk. Yeah. And I know last week I said I didn't complain about Oko, and I don't think Oko's the problem. It's just that all these decks that you can't get the advantage, because if you're able to waste on the crap out of your opponent, then sticking an Oko is kind of difficult. Yeah, totally. But if you can't do that, then they can just resolve that, and then your threats become nothing. Yeah, I, I fully agree. I, I definitely... Like like I said, my opinions on Astrolabe have definitely sort of waved up and down as, as time's gone on, but I think I'm very much... Like at the point now where I, I just I just feel like it it needs to go. It's not healthy for the format. Um, and yeah, I, I think like in the past I've argued that like oh well it can it can bring like the cost down like cost to entry down to newer players. But even that I guess time has gone on that just just isn't true at all. Uh, I I would fully support just an, an Australia ban. Um, probably probably a Veil of Summer ban as well. I think at this point too. Yeah, sure. I mean, when we were talking about Deathrite Shaman finally getting the axe, it was because it, it was a, a mana dork you could play in your non-green decks that yeah. fixed your mana, and that's yeah. similar to Astrolabe, right? That functionally yeah, the same as yeah. Astrolabe. It doesn't produce like it doesn't produce mana of its own accord. It turns it in, it turns mana into maybe fixes your mana rather than rather than ramps or anything like that. Um, and draws your card. Yeah, that was also a win condition. The thing with yeah. Deathrite Shaman is it, it's, a, it's a mana fix that's also a win condition over time if you get into a board stall. And it also does with graveyards, I guess. But the fact that you don't have to play non-basic lands is a winning addition <laughs> at this yeah. point because you just don't lose to the things you should be losing to in Legacy. Yeah. And I, I find it hard to continue caring about a format where I know that the kind of magic I want to play is just not something that exists at, at this point in time. Yeah, that, that's a real shame to, to hear you say that. But I, it is. It's understandable if you you know if you come in from the viewpoint that. You know, you want to play Maverick. That's a deck that you love and have played for years, and, and always want to play it. And you suddenly just you can't play it anymore. It's not good enough anymore. Then that totally makes sense why you would feel like like that. And so, I think I, on the other hand, I'm like I know it's a strange one because obviously, like Loris was ridiculously good in Ant, um, 
but we've we've come a we've come a whole a whole world away from you know a, a couple of weeks ago when Lewis was spoiled and we were like oh this is going to be awesome in Ant and not see play in any deck ever. Uh, we've come you know worlds away from that. We understand companions now and yeah I think like I personally play a deck that still has a, has a position in the format and I, I've been seeing some like ridiculous uh, eighty Cardiorian brews and I I, I want to jump into that world and explore that world. I think. Yeah, I think if if you're if you're somebody who who loves a particular archetype and just wants to play that deck forever, then yeah, I think playing in a format where there has been such a such a big change, such a big shift, where you can't play your deck anymore, it it's really terrible. I mean, it's it's something that I've, I've felt myself with modern. Like I always thought, I, you know, Lantern Control is never going to be the best deck, but I'm, I'm always going to be able to play it. But that deck's dead. Mox Opal killed that, and yeah, it's a real shame. Well, this thing, I think a lot of this is a pity party, and I feel like I feel like when I listen to back when I listen back to last week's episode as well, I feel like I'm not, you know, it, it's not all data driven. A lot of it is just just how I feel, and like my emotions get better. Really. But it, it, it is provable if you look through the deck list. There's a lot of astrolab going on, or there's a lot yeah. of blue decks, um, and, and those are sort of the things you know. You know, you've got your combo decks, you've got your reanimator, or what, what have you, or your, your post decks. Um, but I, it's just it, it's. It's very much a pity pie, honestly. <laughs> it's, 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 I saw it happens in Modern as well, where uh, Modern was my favourite format for such a long time because I could play what I wanted, and yeah. there, were, there were times where Infect was bad, but uh, because I was good enough with the deck, I could I could still squeeze my wins out and still have enjoyable games against a field that was hostile to Infect. The same was true of the the Green White. I don't want to call it Value Company because of the ties it has to that person, but sure. that that deck, right? United Reliquary, Roundup Excavator, Collector Company deck, right? Green White Shitters. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's the one. I have to bleep that now. <laughs> Come on, um, uh, yeah. Like I, I played that for a while, and then the format became hostile to that as well. And then it we've just seen it evolve and evolve and evolve. Whether the deck, the strategies that I enjoy playing are just basically unplayable at this point. Yeah. Um, and that's and again, that's a, a kind of one of the sticking points of why I played Legacy so much because it was a format that I could retreat to, where I could just play whatever I wanted and still kind of be okay if I was willing to put the work into understand the format. And I did that, and the same thing happened. <laughs> Where it just became hostile to the decks that I enjoy playing, or it's became very difficult to get wins. Where you, it's just it's just incorrect to not be playing blue cards or astrolabe. Yeah. Um, and I don't. Well, anyway, I, I'll I'll play an Oko and a Teferi every now and again with a little bit of a splash, but it's predominantly a green white deck, right? Um, yeah. And I, I've seen that happen to that format until they do something about it, and it just seems like they're not particularly bothered about it. Apparently. Yeah. They're bothered about the you know the fifty five fifty five percent win. Win rate, Lurus deck, right? But they're not yeah. bothered about the general health of the format. And I guess that was to be expected with the total formats, where they just sort of take their foot off the gas with caring about it. Especially, like we said last week, it's not a GP supported format. It's not a format there's a lot of eyes on. It's very much like a. I mean, referring to myself as the old guard feels completely ridiculous because I've only played this game for seven years. But, you know, these kind of players that were playing the format sort of behind the scenes, I guess, not at the forefront of what I guess Hasbro want Magic the Gathering to be, right? Yeah, um, and just seeing our opinions just not matter. I'll care for the game, and we've just seen it morph over time. And I, I, I can't see how you can you can get to the point where you ban Red and Six because it seems like a problem because it, it's able to fix mana. It makes Wasteland bad, and it's sort of ubiquitous in these four color piles because it's that good at fixing your mana. And yeah. then have Astrolabe do effectively exactly the same thing, and it just not be even mentioned like it's not been brought up. Like the, the ban, the, the ban announcement doesn't even pay any mind to it at all. 
it, it talks about what it talks about in Legacy is specifically Lurus and Zerda, and it doesn't make any mention to the metagame. Whereas we've seen announcements before in Standard and in Modern where they talk about the rest of the health of the format and how they think things will evolve from there. Whereas with Legacy, it's just that we're going to ban this card because we've seen that it's putting up too many wins. Yeah. Like, okay, that's. And it just plays more into why I'm feeling further and further away from magic that isn't just Commander at this point. Yeah, it's, it's a real shame. Yeah, it, it is. I, I, I'm not going to. Not that it, I have any opportunities to care about Legacy in paper until probably next year, but I, I have. I can't bother to keep keep my skin in the game, you know? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And when the appeal of these older formats were always like, you know, you can always use your cards forever. You will always have some skin in the game. And it's, it is a real shame to see that the formats have changed and warped to a point where you just don't feel like that's true anymore. Yeah, well, at least at least the cards I've picked up for Legacy have held their value and I can put them in Commander decks, right? Yeah, totally, <laughs> totally. Guys, Cradle's always playable there. Yeah. yeah, definitely. And, you know, at least, like, like, it'll probably be I don't want to be too negative about it but you know it'll probably be the same thing in 5 or 6 years time but at least for now Pioneer seems pretty good yeah Pioneer's definitely my format choice currently it's a favourite cool. format and you know I posted a tweet that's it's very self-indulgent and uh, this is I know it's also your podcast but this is my podcast and I can say what I want yeah. if I just want to moan about my personal gripes then you know it's just I've found formats that I've put a lot of time and interest in and generally Magic is a game in the form of Legacy Modern have just been decimated and I I find it hard to keep getting enjoyment from a game that keeps being pulled from under me, you know? Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely understand that feeling. Yeah. But, you know, the next time I can sleep at my Diffin is a Reborn, I'm going to be doing it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, yeah, in five, six years' time they might just ruin Pioneer as well and just morph it into this format that we don't recognise anymore. Yeah. Because when I mean, we were talking about before the podcast, you're looking through the Pioneer deck lists and it's just... It just looks like modern did, like five, six years yeah. ago. Yeah, Pioneer feels like like modern in twenty fifteen to me. Like, I guess prior to the, all the all the Eldrazi shenanigans, um, obviously. Uh, but yeah, like y- you look at you look at like any top eight of like any challenge, and it's like just an an abundance of of powerful decks, but nothing seems to be overperforming. And yeah, it looks like you can like at this point pick a deck, learn to play it well enough and you'll find success of it. Yeah, no matter definitely. what that is really. And yeah, and that's been yeah, it's, it's, form- it's, with formats before. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's, it's nice to see that uh, companions are having an effect in Pioneer but they don't seem to be you know, completely warping the format like they have done with older uh, Eternal formats. Urian might be a problem. Urian <laughs> might be a problem. I think, like, obviously the big two are still, you know, Loris and Urian are showing up in abundance of decks but but I don't know. It's it's different decks doing different things. It's not just like, oh, here's every deck just playing Mishra's Bowl and Loris now because. Yeah, it's I'm going to play twenty extra cards and this four or five flyer on turn five because I can. Yeah. And you know that's in terms of diversity, I guess that's kind of a problem, but it's it's much more of a a pleasant outcome than uh, <laughs> what's going on in Legacy Vintage, right? Yeah, definitely. So we'll see we'll see how that pans out, but uh, yeah, I guess Pioneer is is my home from now on and for the foreseeable future, and. Uh, you know, building my eight EDH deck, I guess. <laughs> Man, I don't know what it is about this lockdown. Let's just bring out the worst of me, right? Uh, I, I don't know. I feel like it's. it's I was going to say, I feel like it's probably all of this time that you have to, to spend at home, but I guess if you're still working, you're still out and about, aren't you? Yeah, absolutely. I don't have a lot of. Well, I do have a lot of downtime, but I'm trying to keep myself occupied. You know, what if this is the best of me? 
<laughs> to quote Dave Grohl. Yeah, what, the the best of you, the best of you, the best of you. What what if it is the best, the best, the best, the best, etc. Like, yeah. yeah, what if this is just peak positivity? As <laughs> 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 happy as I can get. I don't know, man. That was my little rant for a bit. I'm, I'm I, I want Astro to go very much. And uh, yeah, but, I'm I'm definitely on on yeah, the, the same same train. Definitely, definitely get rid of it. Get rid of Astrolabe And I mean, look, I'm not going to go on a tirade about it because. I don't know. A, we haven't got time, and, and B, uh, I'm not, I'm not fully made up my mind yet. But probably just get rid of Veil vale Summer too. Hey, I've got the I've got the tirade angle covered. Don't you worry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Anything else you want you want to talk about after that twenty minutes of monotonous misery? <laughs> no, I think that that's it as far as the the ban and restricted announcements go. Um, yeah, I say say ban restricted. It was it was just banned this time, which I feel like it is. A bit of a just I guess to touch on vintage again, it, it is a bit of a monumental occasion. The fact that something was just outright banned in vintage, uh, I don't think we'll see it again anytime soon. Um, but it's yeah, it's definitely an unprecedented event for unprecedented times. Now we should, before we leave, make reference to the the two paragraphs at the end of the of the banned restricted announcement. Yes. Discuss other formats and particularly the last paragraph, which I will read now in case yeah. you for some reason haven't read it. We're aware of some players' concerns about the frequency at which they encounter decks using companions across several formats. While we're not currently seeing problematic win rates in standard, pioneer, or modern from decks using companions, we're looking at overall metagame, metagame share and potential for progressive gameplay. If we see signs of long-term health issues resulting from high metagame share of companion decks, we're willing to take steps to uh, up to or including changing how the companion mechanic works. For now, metagames need more time to evolve before we can determine whether changes are necessary. Now that, as I've just talked about, how much I dislike Ian Duke personally, of course, for not mentioning Astrolabe in the legacy announcement. Um, that's incredibly encouraging. Yeah, I I really enjoyed that. Uh, I feel like that was felt like a bit of an eye opener to read that for the first time. Um, it's it's just nice to see some communication from them to show that hey, look, we are we are aware, we are notice noticing the data. We're we're listening to people. We're seeing there is you know there's a lot of talk. From enfranchised players about compa- about companions and about the effect that it is having on on all of the formats, and it's it's nice to see them taking that into consideration and seeing that hey look we are we are talking about these things we are thinking of of what we can do worst comes to worst and I, yeah I like that that they have said oh, there are options like we don't just have to ban it we can we can change how the companion mechanic works and I I, th- I think that that. I guess that resolution of just changing how companion how companion works as a mechanic would would probably just be for the best. I think. Yeah, it's it's nice to see that in the same way in terms of vintage, they're willing to actually make that difficult decision to take the cat to the vet and do that thing. Where like they're also willing to just make a big decision um, and do something that we haven't seen them do because we you know, we haven't yeah. seen them ban a kind of vintage for twenty four years, but they finally put the cat down and we're seeing them being willing at least from what this paragraph says to just completely change our companion would work and I find that because we've we've talked before about them they seem to kind of have a problem with killing their darlings right where they, they yeah you know it took them a while to deal with Oko because it was a face planeswalker and a mythic and we've seen them make decisions like that before but Changing the way an entire mechanic works would be quite the decision to make, and I'm, I'm glad that it's at least a consideration, something they're paying attention to. Yeah, definitely. I, f- I feel like that is 
that is something they've done in the past. I can't quite remember what they've changed, but they have definitely. I feel like they've definitely changed things like that in the past. Uh, I know, like Time Vault was a big one, like for definite. I know, like the uh, like the wording of how Time Vault works has changed like three times in its history. I can't remember what exactly they were, but they've definitely changed things like that in the past. Uh, but just not for not for a very long time and. The, the fact that they are willing to do that is, is yeah, I think that that means a lot. Yeah, you can kind of forgive it like alpha cards, right? <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, changing, yeah. The, changing the wording of route text and all the stuff like that is really clunky. You need to make it work for a modern game, right? With a very strict set of rules, but for, to just to just say, okay, we got this entire mechanic wrong, like we said they did. Yeah. And one of our one of our points was just maybe just turn companion the way of conspiracy where it only works in limited, right? Uh, yeah, definitely. You can only work in limited, or something where the companion begins in your hand, uh, or that the companion is in the sideboard where it is currently, but uh, you have to start with one less card in your hand, like something like that. Like there are many different things that they can they can do with the companion mechanic. I quite like the uh, the implementation that someone suggested of. Uh, instead of drawing a card for turn, you may choose to draw your companion instead. Quite like that. Though I'm not sure yeah, that would actually. That's an interesting one. Because you know, part of the problem would be absurd to get banned because you have one of your combo pieces in the in the companion zone or, or, or yeah. wherever those cards actually exist. You, you know, that's still in your of, sideboard. Yeah, um, that's still kind of a problem, right? In that in that situation where you would just draw it instead because you still just yeah. have access whenever you want. But uh, yeah, I, I look forward to them continuing to contemplate that decision and be willing to make big changes to keep people happy. Yeah, definitely. I just wish one of those changes with Astrolabe, but... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I... I do fully agree there. Yeah, I, I think this is... This is, this is just going to be a... I think it's probably going to be quite a big problem for them. At least it has been in the past year, and probably will be going forward, I think. Um, they... As they, they continue to, to, I guess, digitise, for want of a, a better word, uh, magic, you know, we see them designing cards that look like they've been clearly designed with arena in mind or designed for for arena or digital gameplay first is that when you're when you're hiring designers from like from digital card games to design your physical card game the, the biggest issue that they have really is when stuff like this happens like they can't just mass errata things like it's not half stone where they can just errata something they got wrong and change it and that changes everybody's copy like that that's just not something that they can do unfortunately so I wouldn't be surprised if we see more instances like this I feel like we definitely have like if if Magic was an entirely digital game to keep bringing them up Oko they could have just changed the numbers in Oko and things might have been completely different but that's not the world we live in and yeah I, I, I worry that we're probably going to see at least one or two more instances where uh, some sort of errata would fix things but they're just not possible uh, this year yeah, I mean, we've seen, you know, oversights in the past, you see, you look at Hostage Taker, right? Yes, Where they yeah. just had to errata that card because the way they worded it made it broken. <laughs> um, and they, they were able to change that, and it was just sort of like a, you know, the zeitgeist thing where it's like, everyone knows that, does that thing, right? Yeah. Whereas if you change it with an entire ability that appears on ten different cards, that's a, it's, a, it's a big decision, and I'm glad they're looking into it. In fact, it's, it's essentially my point in a long, rambly way of getting there. Yeah. Yeah, cool. I mean, Good. I'm... Don't know about the same on magic. I think Germany. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm definitely a bit higher on it. I think. Um, I. 
yeah, I'm looking forward to playing Vintage again, because I, I haven't touched it for weeks. Um, just, companions were instantly just everywhere, and were just not something that I was having fun interacting with, so Loris is gone. I'm happy to, to jump back into Vintage and see what that world looks like now. Uh, it's going to be going to be good to see people playing, um, yeah, like Bolas of Citadel again. That's a, a card that hasn't been around for a while. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh... And as far as Legacy goes, like I, I could play it on Magic Online if I want to, but I've I've never really really done that. So maybe, I don't know, maybe I will. But uh, yeah, like as far as playing Legacy and paper goes, it's it's probably not going to happen for for months and months and months now. So no difference there. Uh, modern is dead to me. I'll play a Tron if I have to. <laughs> Pioneer. I'm itching to play in paper. Really itching to play in paper. But you know, who knows when that'll be. Uh, and standard is standard is just horrible and could deal with probably about a dozen bands to to fix it. I think. But that's not going to happen. But I'll just keep grinding arena until it gets better. I guess. We can we can fire up a game of Pioneer, right? Yeah, we can. I've got a deck next to me. I've got a webcam. I mean, I'm missing a Yorian. I do need a Yorian. I will forgive you using a proxy of Skype. <laughs> <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> Sweet. Uh, right, I awesome. Think, I think that's all my complaining done for the week. Yeah, I think that's about all we have time for this week. Uh, if you want to get in touch and let us know your thoughts on the, the banner restriction announcement, do you also have a large brain like we do uh, and got all of those bands correct? Uh, what, do, <laughs> what do you feel about Astrolabe? Should it be banned? Yes come get at us on social media on twitter you can hit us up at hfdcast or facebook we're at facebook.com slash hfdcast or if you've enjoyed anything you've heard in this episode and would like to give back in a monetary way you can hit us up on patreon we are patreon.com slash arrow devastation where tiers start from as little as one dollar per month that's roughly 20 to 25 cents per episode you can find the podcast definitely on Spotify and SoundCloud and iTunes and Stitcher and maybe if you just type an Arab Station podcast to wherever you are but yeah, come up if you want to go to one of those platforms and leave a comment or a rating or a review or just share it with someone we'd really appreciate it because it helps get out the podcast to more people yeah absolutely if you want to find me on my own personal social media on Twitter I am at PeachGardenOaf that's Oaf with an F Facebook I'm Joe Loudon you can find me in pretty much any of the magic groups uh, I also stream on Twitch twitch.tv slash PeachGardenOaf and I'm on YouTube under that name too uh, you can find me on Twitter at snail69 nice thank you um, yeah it's just kind of a mess at the minute just complaining about everything <laughs> if, you've been, if you're listening to this podcast because you enjoy hearing me complain for 20 minutes straight please do check out my Twitter profile awesome so once again we are approaching the second hour the Godfarer has returned so we'll see you again next week on Horror Devastation mm-hmm.